0: Hello and welcome to this week's Skeptical Reporter. My name is Miruna from the Skeptics in Romania podcast and I am bringing you news on science and skepticism from around the world. We begin this edition of the Skeptical Reporter with an announcement. This Saturday, the 21st of April, Skeptics in Romania will take part in the international 1023 campaign aimed at raising awareness about the reality of homeopathy, that there's nothing in it. The skeptics will overdose on homeopathy pills and everybody is welcome to record their own video for the occasion showing how they overdosed on the pills. To find out more about the campaign, you can visit www.1023.org.uk. And now for some skeptical news. New EU laws are threatening one of Scotland's oldest herbal remedy firms. Napier's, which has been trading for 150 years, has gone into provisional liquidation due to a new European regulation on herbal treatments. It is one of the largest herbal stores in the UK and offers traditional herbal remedies and therapies, as well as scented oils and candles. But new rules mean that traders now have to pay thousands of pounds for a license to make each product, while many products will only be available with a prescription. Company owner D. Atkinson is begging customers to support the store in what could be their last few months. The regulations were brought in from April last year. An exception was made, however, that all products on the shelves were allowed to remain on sale until they reached their expiration date. Products like Echinacea, St. John's Wort and Valerian will all be restricted under the new laws. Sanale Damaruku, president of the Rationalist International, went to Mumbai and revealed that a miraculous weeping cross was really just a bit of statuary located near a leaky drain, whose liquid reached it by way of capillary action. The local Catholic church demanded that he retract his statements, and when he refused, they threatened to have him arrested for blasphemy. This is what the Rationalist International website had to say. We know of three petitions on the base of Article 295 Indian Penal Code that have been filed against Sanal. Meantime, Mumbai police announced that they were out to arrest him. Sanal can be arrested at any moment. In every single place where a petition is filed against him, he could be forced to appear in person to answer them. If his answer is not found satisfactory, he could be arrested. He could be forced to fight a multitude of criminal cases in different places. This is not only immensely time and money-consuming, given the fanaticism of some Catholic believers, it can be a danger for his life. A nine-day-old infant was buried alive by the parents on the advice of an astrologer in Hapur, in Uttar Pradesh, northern India. The ill-advised parents had put the baby in an earthen pot and buried it three feet in the ground behind their house on the 12th of April. Neighbors who saw the parents repeatedly going to the burial site lodged a police report. Amazingly, the baby survived and was rushed to a local hospital where his condition is said to be improving. The couple, Kiran Pal, 37, and his wife, 34, as well as astrologer Nizam, will be charged with attempted murder. Police said the baby was the fifth child of the couple whose four previous children had all died due to poor health or complications, either after birth or at the time of delivery. The astrologer had reportedly assured the couple their newborn would have a long life if they put the baby in an earthen pot and buried him. Chats with the Dead TV host John Edward is the target of a $150,000 suit filed by a dance teacher at a Long Island studio co-owned by the famed Clairvoyant. Kimberly Ziskan, 28, had this to say. As employers, they stink, and I don't think he can talk to the dead. Ziscount claims to have worked 60-hour weeks at the Arthur Murray Dance Studio in Plainview, without either overtime pay or promised commissions. The lawsuit also names Edward's wife, Sandra. Ziskand's lawyers, David Rosenberg and Michael Borelli, said in a statement, perhaps if Mr. Edward treated his employees who are actually alive, as well as people that are dead, Mrs. Ziskand wouldn't have been the victim of immense labor law violations. None of the defendants responded to messages. And now let's look at some news in science. In the hostile environment of a bubbling volcanic hot spring, a team of researchers at Portland State University in Oregon has discovered a new viral genome that seems to be the product of recombination between a DNA virus and an RNA virus, a natural chimera not seen before. It's a mythological beast of a virus, but it actually exists, says virologist Ken Stedman, who presented his lab's findings at NASA's Astrobiology Conference. In the genome they analyzed the RNA-like sequence set adjacent to another sequence for a replication protein that is unique to DNA viruses. We have no idea how it happened, but we know it happened, says Stedman. To see whether similar viruses exist in other environments, the team screened the Global Ocean Survey's sequence database and found three virus sequences containing the same two genes. There were lots of cases that matched the sequence for either the DNA protein or the RNA protein, so there could actually be quite a few out there, says Stedman. He acknowledges there are limitations to his work, but the fact that the unique virus exists suggests that recombination can happen between lineages that diverged billions of years ago. In a feat of technical mastery, condensed matter physicists have managed to detect the elusive third constituent of an electron, its orbiton. The achievement could aid in the construction of quantum computers. Isolated electrons cannot be split into smaller components, earning them the designation of a fundamental particle. But in the 1980s, physicists predicted that electrons in a one-dimensional chain of atoms could be split into three quasi-particles. A holon, carrying the electron's charge. A spinon, carrying its spin, an intrinsic quantum property related to magnetism. And an orbiton, carrying its orbital location. German physicist Gerwin van den Brink and his colleagues have broken an electron into an orbiton and a spinon. The next step will be to produce the holon, the spinon and the orbiton at the same time, says van den Brink. Studying orbitons in more depth could help to solve a decades-long mystery about how some materials, in particular iron-based ones, are able to allow electricity to flow without resistance at high temperatures, something known as superconductivity. By attaching drugs onto molecules targeting rogue brain cells, researchers have alleviated symptoms in newborn rabbits that are similar to those of cerebral palsy in children. Cerebral palsy refers to a group of incurable disorders characterized by impairments in movement, posture, and sensory abilities. In general, medicines tend to act broadly rather than influence certain sets of cells in the brain. Approximately 1 in 303 children have cerebral palsy by age 8, which usually results from neurological damage in the womb. Injuries lead to the activation of immune cells in the brain, called microglia, and astrocytes, which cause further inflammation and exacerbate the damage. Calming the cells is difficult because anti-inflammatory drugs don't easily cross the blood-brain barrier, and those that do tend to diffuse nonspecifically. What's amazing here is that the authors target the drug directly to the microglia, says Mike Johnson, a pediatric neurologist at the Kennedy Krieger Institute in Baltimore. The team affixed an anti-inflammatory drug to synthetic snowflake-shaped molecules called dendrimers and injected the conjugates into the bloodstream of newborn rabbits with experimentally injured brains. The dendrimers transported the drug across the blood-brain barrier and released it directly into the activated microglia and astrocytes, halting further inflammation and improving motor function. Controlled rabbits, given the drug alone, lost additional brain cells and stumbled in their hops. Furthermore, because researchers have recently found that microglia have a role in other neurological ailments, such as multiple sclerosis and Alzheimer's disease, the finding could be applied in other contexts. Already, dendrimers are being used in studies on the treatment of diseases ranging from genital herpes to cancer. The number of measles cases and outbreaks spiked last year with unvaccinated people making up the majority of those affected according to a new report from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. In 2011, there were 222 cases of measles in the United States. That's the highest number of cases reported in 15 years and more than triple the number of cases in 2009 and 2010. About half of the 2011 cases occurred during outbreaks which are defined as at least three cases that are linked to each other. Last year, there were 17 measles outbreaks, well above the average of four for the previous decade. Among patients who were U.S. residents, 72% of cases developed in people who had not received the measles vaccination or did not know if they had been vaccinated despite being eligible for the vaccine. 26 cases occurred in people living outside the U.S. And now in local news from Romania, we learned that Romanian students have won a NASA competition by creating an ample project for an orbital space station. The students have learned that in order to win, one needs a united team and a lot of work. Five students from the Tudor Vianu National High School for Computer Sciences have worked on the project for two months under the supervision of their physics teacher. Even though it cannot be currently built, their space station, Aurora, impressed the NASA judges. The students will leave for Washington next month to receive their prize. This was Miruna for The Skeptical Reporter. This show was recorded today, the 18th of April, 2012. Thank you for listening.